Hello, everyone, and welcome to All of Us. My name is Rachel Wade. I'm the Chief Encourager and Founder here at All of Us. And today, I introduce you to Kia Stevens. This is episode 40 that I have titled Our Wounds and Our Healer. Kia, girl, welcome to All of Us. How are you today? I'm great. Hey, Rachel. Hey, All of Us. All of y'all. All of y'all. All of us. Hey, all <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Kia's from the South. <laughs> from the south yes oh and i'm so happy that you are here with us real quick if people don't know who you are kia who are you where you're from give us the baseball card stats sure my name is kia stevens and a few years ago i started a blog to help women exchange their father wounds for the love of god the father that was called the father swap blog and then shortly after that i created a community to equip other women just like me it's called entrusted women and my aim was to equip christian women communicators of color and that act of obedience opened the door for me to get my first publishing contract with Ravel books and i just about a month ago i think uh released my first book, Overcoming Father Wounds, Exchanging Your Pain for God's Perfect Love. And mm. so that's a little bit of me in the nutshell. I am a wife of almost 20 years and a mother to two boys, a teen and a tween. Oh my goodness, girl. God bless you. We're going to be praying for you. <laughs> I receive it. I receive all the prayers that are coming out. Well, we're so happy to have you part of this community here officially and all of us sister, which is always fun. And one of the things that I always ask um, every person that we interview here is, what is your Jesus journey? Talk to us about when you became acquainted and asked Jesus to come into your life. Sure. Well, I am a GPK, not a preacher's kid, but a grand grandchild. Uh, kid, <laughs> you say that my my grandfather was a Baptist pastor, so I literally grew up in the church. Like probably my mom had me, and then the next day I was sitting on a pew somewhere, uh, in a bassinet or in a in a carrier. You know, that's how much I went to church. But I really didn't begin to form a relationship with the Lord until I began to have some challenges. I would say middle school age, I started to really cry out to God for myself. And, and I really liken my relationship with the Lord to evolution because there's a lot of things I knew because I was in the presence and the people of God. And I was familiar with the Bible stories and familiar with how we do church. Yeah. But in terms of building a relationship for myself, that happened over time. Yeah. Um, and, and I had a lot of blunders and, and mistakes and sin along the way. And definitely in colleges, I think when I might have rededicated my life to the Lord for the upteenth time and really decided I'm going to live for the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a little bit of, of my journey. Thank you for sharing. You know, I love asking this question because it's very similar, no matter what woman that I interview most typically, a lot of the All of Us sisters um, were in church, grew up in church for the most part, but they always talk about this valley season somewhere in their youth or somewhere in their young adult years where they had to say, you know what, I have, I know about this foundation that I was raised on, but God, I, I actually need to know like what, what's between you and I, you know, like in the relationship begins to form. Uh, but it's in that valley, those trials that you spoke of, where we come face to face, where we're like, what do I believe? Like, what do I know I've been in this church, but what do I believe? And so thank you for sharing uh, that story. Well, let's get into it because we have so much to talk about today. As I said, uh, we're talking about wounds and about our healer. And here at All of Us, you know, this is part of our mission is 
We believe that when we are connected to our source and connected to each other, we can not only withstand drought-like conditions, but we can flourish. And so with that, we can come from different places, different backgrounds, different socioeconomic statuses, whatever. And we have that commonality in Jesus. But sometimes that also means that we have some commonality in things that we don't often talk about as much, which is our wounds. And so specifically today, we're going to talk about wounds, but we're going to talk about father wounds because Kia mentioned a book that she just released, which we'll get more into in, in detail very soon. Uh, but just about the wounds that we uh, go through as women, as people. Uh, and today we're going to talk about father wounds. And so with that, statistics show that so many of us have this as a part of our story. And as we tell our in-process stories, it's important that we speak up and talk about father wounds because it's a chance for God to heal and restore and redeem. And so, Kia, tell us just what's your definition of a father wound? How would you define a father wound? Sure. And you know, the crazy thing, uh, mm -hmm. Rachel, is that I spent so much time in my book describing how I felt that I never gave a textbook definition. So when I started to do all these interviews, I was like, let me go research <laughs> what a father wound is. But if you look up the term father wound, you're going to see that it's synonymous with father absenteeism. Mm -hmm. But a father can be absent in a myriad of ways whether it be by divorce, abandonment, abuse, incarceration, drug addiction, alcoholism, um, maybe there was an affair, another woman, a premature death, or a physically present father, but an emotionally absent one. Mm -hmm. And so in, in my experience, women can know father wounds, for, for many different, in many different ways, in many different seasons, at many different times in their lives. You know, some women might have what they would term a minor wound. Maybe they were sitting at the di dinner table and the father said, are you going to wear that? Because that makes you look fat. Mm. Or maybe the father didn't show up at the volleyball game, or maybe the father was abusive, or maybe the father uh, was not attentive or was very passive and not involved. There's just a myriad of, of ways that women have uh, experienced father wounds in their lives. Yeah, I'm so glad you broke that down because I think often um, we are walking through this life and we, we think, oh, well, he was present or he was there and I shouldn't have any issues or, you know, and you, you can't really figure out why some of these patterns, these unhealthy patterns may have existed in your life or just, you know, how you see men or you've just seen some patterns, but you couldn't connect it to anything. And so today I really, and we're praying for you, Key and I just got done praying for all of you that are listening because we realize that for some of you right now, you might need to pause this interview, take a breath in a moment and say, I think I just heard something for the very first time and I think that perhaps I need to get curious about if I have some father wounds that I need to work out with the Lord. And so if that's you, you can pause this interview and come back to it. Um, but we're here for you. We're sitting in this with you and, and God is here. So that's what I wanted to say to that. So Kia, I mean, you talked about father wounds. You gave us a definition. When, well, at what point, because I know you started a blog and you, and you said that um, at the top of the interview, for those, why did you start to start the blog? Like what made you say, okay, I have experienced father wounds. And maybe you talked to us a little bit about what those were for you. And then what made you go from I've experienced father wounds to now it's time to like start a blog. 
And that was a bit of an evolution too. You know, when I went to college, God had placed a book on my heart. Mm. That book was called The Void. And I knew that there was a neediness on the inside of me. I didn't have the language to say, oh, this is where that neediness comes from. But I knew that there was something wrong. And I was, I want to paint this picture because I was really a go-getter. I was very driven. I was leading a lot of things at school and innovating. And, you know, that's that's just who I was and who I've always been. But then I had a, a secret life where I had these relationships where I could, didn't feel secure without um, be, being in a relationship. And I began to observe that about myself and, and wonder what is it. So I just called it the void. And I worked on this book in college, graduated, still working on the book, got married, still working on the book. And, you know, marriage is like putting two pieces of sandpaper together and just watching the sparks fly. And so they flew and I ended up having to get some counseling yeah. and um, that kind of began to give me some, some language, some vocabulary to say these are father wounds. But before that, in my college years, I remember um, being a freshman, I was in the dormitory of a friend's room and, and she said, I built this bookshelf with my dad. And when she said that, for whatever reason, it was like someone took the bandaid and just ripped it off. And I was like, in order for you to build a bookshelf, you gotta have a relationship. Yeah. And that's what I do not have. At that point, the experiences I had with my father had been limited to a few court-ordered visitations. Uh, I do remember one time where he purchased a bicycle for me, and um, I, then the remaining memories are of him leaving gifts on the front porch of my grandparents' home. Wow. And so when she said that, I was like, I want what she has. I want that. And it was all I could do to get out of her dorm room and make it to my own and, and just really have a full on ugly cry. Yeah. And that, I think, was the beginning of me acknowledging I'm not OK. Mm. And from there, I ended up talking to a mentor at that time and just sharing with her what had happened in my friend's dorm room. And she rolls out this prescription, if you will, of how she established a relationship with her biological father. And she detailed all the events of her life that he missed. Mm. And then she invited him back into her life. And I said, OK, well, OK, great. I can yeah. A blueprint. You know, so I detailed all the events that my dad missed. And I said, I want to start from here. I want to start over. I send him this letter mm -hmm. and uh, and I ask him to be in my life. Mm -hmm. And so we did begin at that juncture to start pursuing a relationship. Well, let me say, I was really the pursuer. Yeah. I was doing the phone calls. I was giving the gifts. I was initiating and saying, let's do, let's do, let's do, because I desperately wanted to create this fantasy relationship that I had formed in my mind uh, that I believed if I loved enough and pursued enough and did enough then I could create this relationship and 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 so that's not exactly what happened uh you know uh and I'll I'll stop there but wow. the blog kind of uh is is me processing through a lot of that story and then also uh just offering some healing nuggets along the way that's what the father swap blog mm. was yeah 
Well, thank you for sharing your story. I was telling Kia before I pressed play that, you know, so I wasn't prepared for uh, the amount of similarities that uh, her story and my story would have. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was two and my dad was in my life every other weekend up until I started playing um, like club travel soccer and it took me away and I just began to get busy. And then um, I didn't really see him that much at all. And uh, he only lived 30 minutes away. And so uh, he had another family and kind of yeah. it went from there. And there was a lot of, for me, abandonment, but I'm similar in my story of uh, achievement for, you know, I was an athlete. So athlete achieving, being the best in that, and being the best at in school academically all the clubs all the organizations also uh being mixed race trying to fit in in this pot and that pot there's a lot going on for my little self <laughs> and uh realizing that you know when i would see other kids with their dads i i was something like the bookshelf thing when you said that you know that brought tears to my eyes because um i could relate on just dads being at events like you know like pta yeah. meetings and showing up places and you know my dad would sometimes come you know to stuff but not all the time and i don't even think he knew like what my favorite color was you know just all those things that you would desire a parent uh to want to know and so um yeah like i can understand exactly what you mean and i wanted to share that part of my story and obviously there's way more than that but i wanted to share that a to, to come side by side with you key here in this interview because we're in this together but also you know sharing that with the community and all of us to let you know that there are many of us that um it's not like we're out in this world not presenting well i mean like we're knocking it down in school and <laughs> we're achieving in the workplace and yet there is some wounds that still need to be addressed. And there are things that I'm still working on in therapy and amongst other, you know, believers and, you know, that can, can, can come alongside me in the healing. Um, and so you creating the blog to come alongside other women that have experienced father wounds it, and also kind of drum up, you know, what you're going through um, is spectacular, Kia. Um, and I thank you for doing that because I know that that was such a part, a catalyst to so many women's healing and curiosity to, you know, explore, ooh, what's going on, you know, inside of me. And you mentioned um, in your book that you did uh, a survey and you, as you, your population of women started to grow on your blog, you did a survey and there are some pretty staggering statistics that I thought you shared, you know, in your book. Um, you said that over 900 women responded and can you just share a little bit of some of these um, statistics, it, you know, the, with the all of us community that might kind of catch them off guard? Sure. Well, some of the statistics uh, would be I asked if they had been able to heal and mm -hmm. majority of the women said they had not been able to heal. So it said to me that they're filling out this survey, not because I'm going to give them a free Chick-fil-A gift card or a yeah. Starbucks gift card, but because they're really looking for answers. I had no incentive. I, I didn't incentivize them to fill out the survey. They just did it of their own volition. Yeah. I asked whether or not um, they their mother knew father wounds. Mm -hmm. Several of them said their mothers knew father wounds, their fathers knew father wounds, and now they had children that also were experiencing father wounds because they had replicated the cycle of, of, of 
fatherlessness in their own subsequent relationships. And so uh, some of those uh, statistics, you know, really stuck with me. Initially, I was just kind of gathering data, but I, I began to realize th this is not just data. These are actual human beings. These are lives that have been impacted. Uh, you know, one in four children grow up in father absent homes. And when you look at the, the statistics, um, um, the byproducts of that, that they're more likely to become teenage mothers, more likely to experiment with drugs and alcohol, more likely to be involved in crime, more likely to live in poverty. When you think about that, you know, it's like, why aren't we, why aren't we talking about it? Correct. That's where I was. When I started my blog, I was like, what on earth is happening? We should all be talking about that. There should be many blogs. There should be many right. podcasts. There should be yeah. many events that are taking place because at the heart of the father wound epidemic is the family. If you, t if you think about it, and I mentioned this in my book that I had this Eureka, yeah. uh, you know, but if you impact the father, then you impact the wife then you impact the child, then you impact generations. There's generational hurt that's, that's in, involved in um, when we think about the fact that we have a very real enemy. Yes, we do. We have a very real enemy. Why would he not target the fathers? Come on. Because by, by targeting the fathers, not only do you take out the, the family, but then you impact our relationship with God because the biological father provides the lens by which we view God, our heavenly father. And if that view is marred and we're thinking, God, I think you're distant and I think you're dominant and I think you're aloof and I think you're a dictator, just like my biological father, then that also skews yeah. our relationship with the Lord. And so uh, that's something I, I discovered towards yeah. the end of the book. I was like, why am I not talking yeah. about this? But, right. Well, we're know, about I, it. I felt like it was such a need Absolutely. talking about this issue. Yeah. And that's why your blog was so important. And I'm so glad that you have this book and it's released out into the world because it's going to continue to do more of that, more conversations like this and other, you know, I hope, I pray that there will be people that will have small sided conversations that don't necessarily have to be in front of a camera, right? To talk about and discuss these father wounds, because when we get those, when we understand what a father wound is and how, if that's a part of our story, we can ask God to come in and heal and that light can come in and uh you know we need to shine a light on these areas it's hard and it's sad and god is grieved by this this was never his intention never never and i want to say that too is that if you're listening and this is a part of your story like it is a part of me and kia's this was never god's intention for you to have these father wounds he is grieved by our hurt and our pain that we have gone through and he doesn't like any part of this and so but you know we have this hope kia we have this hope that is an anchor and can heal and can restore and can redeem. And in your book, you talk to us, and I thought it was so beautiful. This is one of my favorite parts of your book. When you talk about the uneven exchange, when you were pointed to that and invited into this, can you talk to us about what the uneven exchange is? Sure, and it's so great that we're on the heels of, of Easter. I hope I'm not dating the- dating No, we're the good. <laughs> yeah, but you know, God, uh, I was just reading in Isaiah 53 and three and four, where it says he was a man of sorrows, of many sorrows, yes, yes. acquainted with our grief. 
Oh my goodness. Mm. And then when you keep reading, it says he carries our sorrows. Mm. Uh, now, you know, we have a vivid picture in our mind of, of what Christ has done. Uh, we often say he carried our infirmities. He carried our sin. He took on sin. He became sin. Yeah. But then he also carries our sorrows. Mm. So those places that typically we don't talk about, we don't talk about wounds. We, we don't go out with a girlfriend and be like, let me just tell yeah. you about this wound and how it's impacting me. Right. Generally, the, these things don't come up. Right. Generally, there's not space and, and time given to say, when I was four, mm. my father did this, yeah. or when I was 17, and it's still impacting me. I'm still triggered. I'm still having an emotional response when I go to Target or when I see such and such. I'm still feeling traumatized by what happened to me. Yeah. And the beauty of, of Jesus is that those sorrows, those sorrows that have been hidden, those wounds that have gone undiscussed and undealt with, and they're buried beneath everything that we have to do. Um, God says, bring those to me. Yes. Bring those to me because I want to exchange them. I want to give you um, joy for mm -hmm. your morning. Mm -hmm. I want to give you yeah. beauty for your ashes. Yeah. I want to give you hope for despair. Mm -hmm. I want to give you healing for your wounds. One of my favorite scriptures is Psalms 147.3 that says he heals the brokenhearted. Yes, yes. yes. Where our hearts have been ripped and torn into tiny little pieces. The word of God says he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up our wounds. And when I really started to think about wounds and process wounds in the natural, you could have a scrape, you could have a bruise, you could have a, a, a deep cut. Yeah. And, and when we have our wounds, someone somewhere comes and they cleans the wound and they apply the peroxide and the alcohol and the neosporin and they bind up that wound. This is what God does for us in the supernatural for however long it takes a day, two days, three days, whatever the, the severity of the wound, God continues to bind up our wounds for the length of time that is due the healing that, that corresponds with whatever type of wound we had, you know, and so I want to offer that as encouragement. I know there's some people in the community that might be saying, if God is so loving and so tender and so just, why did he allow the wound in the first place? Why did he not just supply every daughter and every son with a loving father? This is the question that I set on, Rachel. Yeah. I, I yeah. stayed there for years, Yes, you know, just really wrestling with this idea of God being loving and just and righteous and holy, uh, but allowing pain. Yeah. And I, I think that's the, the question that we, we all wrestle with yes. is how can God be a good God if he allows this? But just because we experience pain and hardship and suffering in this life, which Jesus told us that we would, he said in this life, you will have trouble, mm -hmm. does not negate the nature of who God is, right? He is God, we, we see the nature of who God is through the pages of scripture mm -hmm. as he engages with the unloved and the unwanted and the ostracized with those who have quote unquote a past or they've sinned 
in each of those interactions, if we look at the woman uh, at the well, the woman yes. with the issue of blood, the woman who was caught in adultery, um, the, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, in all those stories, we see Jesus coming alongside these individuals tenderly, lovingly, compassionately, um, offering grace and mercy yeah. and, and unmerited favor. Yeah. That is who God is. That's who, he, who we see him as in the scripture. Mm -hmm. And then that's who we see him as uh, in our lives. And certainly demonstrated by Jesus's um, selfless and sacrificial act of dying on the cross. He mm -hmm. took on our pain. That's uneven. Yeah. It's uneven. It what is he uneven. went through on our behalf is far, it's far more weightier and more powerful yes. and merciful than, than, than the pain we've walked through. There's, it's not an even, it's not an even comparison right. our wounds for, for the cross. Yep. Is oh. it, it really, it feels like, we feel like our wounds are up here. What are you talking right. about? My pain is up here. No. Right. Nope. It's down when here. We, when we compare that with what our savior has done for us, mocked, beaten, spat on, lied on, ridiculed, tormented, whipped um, 40 times, crown of thorn. I mean, it, there's just no, mm. there's no comparison. I love that. Thank you. So when did you decide personally to to make this exchange, this uneven exchange. When did you say, you know what, here are my father wounds, Lord. And will you make that, I wanna make that exchange with you. When, at what point would you say that in your story? Oh, there've been many times where I, I could point to, and I think that would also be an evolution, Rachel, if I were honest. I wanna pull out some, you know, cause I don't wanna give this, uh, perspective that you just get on this linear path. Yeah, that's good. And boom, you're going to be healed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which it can yeah. happen. Healing can happen in that way. But for me, I, sometimes I've gone around in circles. Yeah. And, and I've been at a location and said, man, this looks really familiar. I feel like yeah. I've been here before. I feel like I said this before. I feel like I was bitter like this before. I was angry like this before. And here I am angry and bitter and frustrated again. Um, but a few things that I did, and I talk about this in my book, you know, uh, one of the things was I wrote a forgiveness letter. I remember a counselor, she said to me, have you written a forgiveness letter? And I was thinking, what do I need to forgive? He wasn't there. But I took her up on it. I have a forgiveness letter template in my book. And I wrote out this forgiveness letter uh, to my dad. And then I used another counseling tool, which is to place an empty chair in the room that you're in and, and sit in the chair across from this empty chair. And imagine that the person you are attempting to forgive is sitting in that chair. And then I just read that letter out loud uh, on both instances. When I wrote the letter and when I did the read the letter out loud to the empty chair, I could not get through it. When I, when I got to the parts uh, of the the letter that were indicating what what I wanted and I, I wanted you here and also what I felt like happened directly and indirectly as a result of your absence. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had this flood of emotion that just poured out of me because it was like, I, I wanted you here. Yeah. I, I needed you here yeah. in my life at this juncture and at this juncture and at this juncture and you weren't. Yeah. And so processing that 
uh, was really a, a mark in the sand for me. Sure. A point of just getting so much healing and so much uh, freedom. But the reality is forgiveness is both practical and supernatural. Yes. So it, as an act of our will, we do relinquish our right to hold our, another person responsible for the wrong that they've done to us. But then we have to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I have chosen as an act of my will to forgive this person, but will you please help my mind and my heart to follow suit? Because our minds really don't forget. They do not forget. No. And um, our hearts don't forget. Our hearts, uh, you know, I was reading about uh, triggers and trauma and how something can happen. There's an emotional response that uh, occurs when we're traumatized. Yeah. And then a trigger is when something happens in life later on after we've been traumatized and we can experience that same emotional trauma. We can be catapulted to the time when we were 16 or 27 or 39. And it's almost like we're reliving that event all over again. Yeah. And so we have to ask the Holy Spirit, will you please supernaturally help my heart and my mind to choose forgiveness? Yes. We have to remind ourselves, self, we have forgiven. Yes. Forgiveness does not mean that we dismiss, deny, condone, reconcile, justify, excuse, or, or any of that. It's yeah. simply a relinquishing, saying, God, yep. I'm going to give it to you. Mm -hmm. I'm acknowledging that what I experienced is real. Mm -hmm. It happened to me. I was hurt by my father or by wh whomever else. Yeah, but I'm going to relinquish the responsibility of, of vengeance, of punishment, of teaching a lesson of any of that. I'm going to yeah. give it to you because yeah. you're big enough. You're you're better than me. Um, you're God. And I trust that you can handle it. Yeah. You mentioned something that and I, I definitely want to address it is that when we do that uneven exchange, when we invite the Lord into this wounding and ask God to heal, that it's not a linear process and that every healing process will look different from person to person because our stories are different, our lives are different, our situations are different, but also that we will have these setbacks that we will have these times where we are triggered or because of the trauma and that that's okay. And so if that's you today and you're thinking, oh, I thought that I was healed from my father wounds or really any wound in particular. And then you find yourself right back there and you're like, oh my gosh, I've been in therapy for this long. Like, why is this bothering me? I just want to say to, we want to say to you that give yourself some grace and know that there, there are going to be times where this happens. And Kia says this in her book, and y'all, we going to talk about this book uh, this whole time because it's in so important. And I'm going to lead us in, into that in just a second. But uh, she has this beautiful chapter, this portion about um, giving yourself permission to grieve. And so I think that, you know, that chapter was very um eye-opening for me because I feel like I've been doing a lot of work on my father wounds and sometimes I get frustrated with myself of like why am I feeling this way when I see this or I experience this like I thought I was over that as it relates to my dad but it gave me that permission to grieve when I read Kia's words and remember that we have a father in heaven who is our good shepherd. There's a reason why that they use the shepherd imagery all throughout the scriptures. And that's because a shepherd is always going after his sheep. He doesn't tire from going to find the sheep when they stray. He doesn't tire from watching over them. He goes after the one all the time. And that is, and he delights in doing that. And so your sheep, 
I'm a sheep, we're a sheep, and it's okay to know that if we have to continue to go back to the Father over and over and bring him our wounds over and over, that uh, it's okay. And so give yourself that permission to grieve and know that there will be times where you will be triggered because of the trauma that you have faced. So with that, Kia, in your book, Overcoming Father Wounds, here it is, y'all. I had to finally hold it up. <laughs> you got my tabs here. Um, there is so many, I love, love, love Kia so much about this book. I mean, it is filled with personal story. It is filled with, if you like statistics, it's in there. Um, but it does a beautiful uh, thing too, which is you go into scripture and you pull out stories of women who have been wounded and you take us back there to scripture and how God met them yeah. and relate it to your life and how God met you in your life. And so um, why this book, Kia? I mean, after all that we've said, you've dedicated it, you've dedicated it to women like me. Um, I love that. You dedicated to all of us who have experienced father wounds. Um, but why was it time to write this book after the blog, you know, after the growing and the healing that's happened in your life? Why now for releasing this book? You know, God, God honestly chose the timing of this book. I wanted to get discovered when I was 18 mm. and we should all just stop right now and shout hallelujah that <laughs> I did not get discovered when I was 18, you know, and then there was another juncture in my life where I wanted to get discovered. I think it was 2016 or something. We should all shout hallelujah that hallelujah. I didn't get discovered in 2016, you know, at that point, during that time, I had been working on my little book, baby, and the only place I had it was an external hard drive. And I remember I was teaching at that time, getting ready to have a meeting. So I go to move my laptop computer with my external hard drive plugged into the USB from the teacher desk to the student desk to have this meeting. And the, the cord slipped out of the USB and fell onto the floor and I lost everything. I had about 60 pages of amazing wow. I had a ton of research that I had done with page numbers. I had all the books I had checked out from the library. I had the quotes typed in there with the page numbers. I had shows that I had transcribed myself by pressing record and rewind and all this. I had all of the quotes, everything lost it. Boom, like that instantly. Wow. We tried to salvage it. My husband is a techie. He couldn't salvage it. We sent it off to a data retrieval center. He couldn't salvage it. It was going to be like $2,000. And we, did, we didn't have that to, to apply towards the data retrieval. And so I lost it. But it wasn't God's timing. That's right. And then that's when I started the blog. And there would be several more times. There would be several more times where I thought I was close to getting the, the writing contract. It didn't happen. It, I said, nope, that time. Wow. But when I wasn't even thinking about it, uh, I was introduced to my acquisition editor and she said, yes, yeah, send me over a proposal. I didn't even pursue it. I wasn't pursuing it because I was it was dead to me. It was dead yeah. Yeah. to me and um, reached out to an agent agent friend of mine. And she's like, yeah, I'd be happy to represent you. And within six months, I had a book contract. Wow. And when I signed that book contract, the, the release date was three years from that point. What? And at first I was like, I don't have, don't nobody have time for that. You know, ain't nobody got time for that. That's why I was like, what? But it was God's sovereign, mm. sovereign plan. I love that. And when I look at the world, when I look at the world mm. and I see all of the social ills yes. 
that are plaguing us everywhere. We can't just say America. Everywhere. <laughs> we cannot just everywhere. say the United States of America. Look at the world. Yeah. Look at what's happening. And yeah. at a time like this, God knew. God knew when I signed my book contract, what was going to be going on in 2023. That's right. What would be happening in our schools? Mm -hmm. What would be happening in our families? Yeah. What would be happening in our churches? God knew. That's right. God knew. Right. So the why now, that's a God question, Rachel. That is a God question because yeah. had it have been Kia Stevens, we would have did this when I turned 18. Yeah. And nobody would have wanted to read this book. Oh, it would have been like, get that girl a counselor quick. Yeah. <laughs> right. And but, I, but it's God's time. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that, that that in itself right there is going to minister some, to some people today, um, whether they feel like they have a, a dream has passed them by, you know, or they keep hitting roadblocks or, you know, a, just a dream's not yet realized, whatever it is, like to know that uh, if it's in God's will for something to be done through you, um, he will find you and it will happen, um, but it will be in his time. And typically that's never in our timing, Never. <laughs> but it's the obedience steps, right? It's, it's you sat from your story. I mean, like you can working on yourself, you know, and then baby steps of obedience to have that have led you to this point. And then God just does what he does and supernaturally pulls people together and, you know, brings opportunities and does things in a time that we couldn't even dream up, you know, as we have our dream and our blueprint. So thank you for sharing that. Well, Kia, uh, this book, what I love about it as well is that there we talked about exchanging wounds and we talked about like tools. Like I always love to give tools here at all of us. We're having a conversation, but I don't want people to just, you know, jump ship and be like, what do I do now? Um, and yeah. so what I love about your book inside of it is that at the end of every chapter, you give like questions to journal about, to pray over, uh, to even take to, I think your therapist, if you're working with one, I mean, there is so much goodness in the book. And I want to say that out loud. And I, I want people to know that that's in your book because that's a rare thing after every chapter to have like, and here's some things you can work through to actually apply what you just learned. And so why was that important to you to include these questions, um, these reflection points for the reader? Sure. Well, this book, and I think we were talking about it a little bit before the show, is it's like a Pandora's box of sorts. Yes. You know, you sit down to read it, wow. you're like, "Whoa, wait, wait a minute. Why, why are, why am I in my face flushed? Yes. Tears yes. are forming in my eyes. Yes. Why am I crying? Why am I thinking about yeah. that thing that happened to me that I've never told anybody about? Why am I doing this? Yeah. And I wanted to help women process. Because this, what I've tried to do is succinctly capture 20 plus years yeah. of work that God did on me and, and work that I, I did working on me with counselors and things like that yeah. into 200 pages. And so that's not really realistic. And so I wanted to give women uh, a resource at the end of every chapter so that they could process it in their own time and in their own way. For some women, one question is enough. Mm -hmm. And then I might need to go and read some fiction for a little bit and then come back and pick it up. Or I might need a small group or I might need a counselor or I might need a support group or I might need a friend. It, it just, it's going to vary. Uh, one of the authors that I quoted in the book, Dr. Charles, Charles Whitfield, he wrote the book, Healing the Child Within, and he says, um, the degree of our wound, there's a correlation to the amount of time that it will take to heal. Mm. And so 
Mm. We have varying wounds. Yes. You know, some of some women have sexual abuse wounds and, and physical abuse wounds. Some women have trust wounds and love wounds and affirmation wounds and acceptance wounds and provision wounds, all these different types of wounds. And however your wound incur- was incurred uh, would deter and however long it's lasted and the severity of that wound is going to determine the amount of time it will take to yeah. heal. I have one woman, she's 70, I think she's 70 five or or something maybe something she's in her 70s and she's going through the book for a second time she said because she had two fathers so so she went through the book the first time for the first father that she's going back to the second father I'm I'm making light of it but I'm saying yeah yeah. I wrote it for you Mm -hmm. if you're listening and and something inside of you resonates with something that I've said I wrote it for you for Mm -hmm. you to to derive your sense of healing however you need to it's yeah. a resource. It is a resource. Yeah. Kia, if we do not, if we don't address our father wounds, if we keep them in the closet or underneath the blanket and we say, oh, that's just so hard. That's, that's too, that's too painful. Um, what, what's the cost if we do that, if we decide to not address our father wounds? The cost is that the wounds most likely are impacting you whether you choose to acknowledge it or not. I had this comment on my, on a Facebook ad. It was a Facebook advertisement that the publisher did for me. And the woman said, she said, the way I deal with my father wounds is I just cut them out. I just cut them out. And I don't need some overpriced self-help book to deal with my wounds. And I said, okay. (laughs) So I responded back and I said, you know, I understand. Yeah. I understand. I'm saying that to you. If you're you're listening and you're, you're in the same place, yeah. saying, "Well, I just cut the person out of my life, you know, out of sight, out of mind." Mm. But the reality is, for me, that didn't work. Right. When I wanted to go over into the corner and just have an attitude and be upset and angry and say, "Well, forget you then," and I'm not going to call you and I'm not going to write you and I'm not going to spend time with you, forget you, yeah. and that's how I'm going to deal with it. I was still hurting. I was still angry. Yeah. I was still bitter. Yeah. I was still upset. I was not okay. Yeah. It was still affecting my marriage. It yeah. still impacted my family. And so that's what I said to her that it didn't work for me. Maybe it's working for you. But mm-hmm. if you're curious, yeah. if you are curious, yeah. uh, if you think there's an inkling of truth that father wounds can impact every single area of your life, yeah. I invite you to read my book. And I feel like that's what the Lord, how the Lord is with us. Yeah. He doesn't force Christianity on us. He no. does not shove the gospel down our throat. The Holy Spirit does not say, you are going to be healed. Yeah. You are going to get rid of your wounds. No. And thank goodness. Yeah. He waits. That's right. Yeah. He waits. Patient. He presents the information. Yeah. Here it is in the gospel. Here it is in the podcast. Here it is in the church service. Here it is from a friend. Here it is from a random woman at Target. Here, yeah. here it is as some your server at Applebee's. Here yep. it is. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it out there. Yeah. I'm put it out there, and in your own time. Yeah. In your own way, I'm gonna be here. That's right. Come all ye that are heavy laden. Yeah. That are burdened. Yeah. That are wounded. Yeah. Come and find rest. Mm -hmm. for your weary souls 
Mm -hmm. I'm experienced the uneven exchange, not to shame you, not to condemn you, but to heal you, to make you whole. Mm -hmm. That's the invitation that God is is giving all of us because we are all wounded. That's it right. may not all be by a father, but we right. have all experienced some wounds. And I, I share this in my book and I, I want to share this now. Yeah. There are times, Rachel, I still cry. Of course. Yeah. I still cry. I have a relationship with my biological father. It is not perfect, but there are some things that I will never experience with yeah. him. Yeah. And so on this side of eternity, I still weep. Yeah. I still weep, but it's not as one without hope. Amen. I have hope. Amen. I have hope that one day uh, I'll be changed. My dad will be changed. We'll be up in glory because my father is a believer with the king of kings, with the savior, with our heavenly father, God, who is both my father and my heavenly and my biological father's heavenly father. Mm -hmm. You know, so that is my encouragement Mm -hmm. to women that are listening or looking at me with one eye open and one eye closed down. Know about that I don't know about that I don't, I don't have time I got to pick the kids up from the carpool I got to cook dinner tonight no I just had an argument with my spouse no I don't have time to deal with my wounds mm, well thank you Kia um, and to end our time together um, what is your a friend of mine Grace Picho I don't know if you're friends yes, with I know her. Grace yes a wonderful writer she wrote um, the other day and I wanted to read what she wrote about our wounds. And I thought, oh, I wanna ask Kia about this. Um, She said, we cannot teach, preach, parent or lead from our wounds, even Mm -hmm. our healed wounds. Instead, we must do so prophetically with a vision to create the world we hope for, for the generations that come after us. And so Kia, I ask you, what is your prophetic vision, your hope for generations of families particularly young girls and their fathers. What is your prophetic vision for those families? My prophetic vision would be that women would pick up this book and and find deep healing. Yeah. Generational healing. Mm-hmm. Because for many of us that are wounded, our mother was wounded. Yeah. And her mother was wounded and her father was wounded. And we have been replicating the cycle of a wounded generation in our family. And my prophetic hope would be that we would not only find hope and healing in the present day for our lives, but for the subsequent generations that are coming from our wounds, Mm -hmm. that, that there would be healing that would go back and grab some of the previous generations, Mm -hmm. you know, my mother, I gave this book to my mom. My mom read every chapter. She answered every question. She wrote her own uh, forgiveness letter for my grandfather that's been deceased for over 20 years. She went back to get her own healing. That Mm -hmm. is my hope. That is my hope for every woman that it would, this, this healing, this, this, this knowledge, this revelation that we can overcome our father wounds, that we can exchange our pain for God's perfect love would attach itself to every woman in every generation. Mm, Yes. Let it be so Lord, let it be so. Well, thank you Kia so much for being with us today. As always on the all of us interview, we interview, we end our interview with a few rapid fire questions. And so I ask you, are you ready? 
Probably not. <laughs> no. Right. God is a friend. Mm. Healing from father wounds or wounds of any kind requires patience. Mm. Forgiving the unpardonable is non-negotiable. Mm. And all of us are better when we love like Jesus. Mm, amen and amen. Well, Kia, sister, it is so amazing to have you on all of us. Thank you so much for being with us. Y'all, come on. You got to get her book, Overcoming Father Wounds. Gift it to a friend. Gift it to your mother. Um, there's so much goodness here. And as God is making all things new, he's doing it through me. He's doing it through you. And uh, we have get, we've been given tools, you know, in addition to the Bible and the Lord and the Holy Spirit, we've been given tools to help us along the way as he's making all things new. And so um, we're so grateful that you're able to join us today. Kia, if someone wants to reach out to you or connect with you, what's the best way that they can do that? So you can find me at www.kiastevens.com. If you are looking for my book, you can find retailers that sell the book there. And also all of my social media handles are also on my website. So YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I don't tweet that much. So, but you can find me there too. You can find me there too. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kia, for being with us. I'll put all those links in the show notes. Uh, until next time, all of us, we'll see you later. Bye-bye.